greetings on behalf of the Back to God Ministries, uh, media ministry of the Christian Reformed Church. Before reading the Bible and opening the Bible and uh, speaking about the text, I would like to give you an update about the ministry uh, of which I form part. Back to God Ministries started as a radio program 75 years ago, the Back to God Hour. And I was listening through North America in the English language. But then added other languages, Arabic and eight other languages, among them Spanish. The, the newest one uh, has been Hindi from in, for India, a, um, a country that has about um, 1.1 billion inhabitants. So it's very important that they can hear also the proclamation of the gospel. And Spanish, as you saw in the, in the video, we are celebrating 50 years. The, the ministry started about in 1965 with Reverend Juan Bonstra. I have been in this ministry for 25 years <clears throat> and looking with anticipation about my retirement that is going to happen in three years because uh, <clears throat> in my organization, the thing has been written on the wall you have to retire when you get the age of retirement, which is good. And um, <clears throat> that speaks a little bit about my, about my age. I don't want to confess that, not in front of you. Um, but uh, the ministry has been evolving, has been changing through the years. And today we are talking about a new way of communicating, especially with the young generation. We talk about so social media, for example because the new generation doesn't know anything about radio or television any, anymore. Your youngest children, uh, they don't watch TV in the big screens. They watch movies in the sm smaller the device, the more happier they are going to be. They connect their headphones, and they are going to enjoy the movie that had been setting for large screens but they are going to reduce to the minimum. They, they are happy with that. The music for the young generation is not coming from radios anymore. They don't know anything about FM, AM, what kind of thing is that? They are, they are downloading music according to their own wishes, and they are going to listen according to their own time. This is the, the, the timing for the new generation. I knew that about experience with my teenager children where they were uh, starting, I don't know, middle school, high school, and they are starting to have this access to, to the new devices for texting. That was a new uh, term in my very limited English vocabulary. I had to adopt the word or the, the, the expression texting which means that they use the telephone not for calling or receiving callings anymore, but for texting, sending texts to their friends and receiving texts from their friends. And I knew that because my children, when they went to college, uh, Patricia, my wife, and I, we were dropping there. Well, dropping is a very bad word. <coughs> we were providing transportation to them to the college. And Patricia was very moved, as usually mothers are, overprotecting their, their kids, as usually mothers are. 
Parents, we are the same, but we, we reserve our emotions anyway. And with the promise that the kids will, will be calling us and in touch with us, which never happened. <clears throat> After a couple of weeks, maybe three, three weeks, Patricia was calling them. And at the end of the month, I was calling them, and they never responded, as, as young people do with the telephone, anyway, telephone calls. So we went to the college. We had to drive three and a half hours and going there again and worrying, you know, what the kids are doing. Maybe they are sick. They don't have money, which is their own problem anyway. <laughs> when we arrived there, they were very happy to see us. And the first expression was, can you take us to lunch? <laughs> and Patricia asked them, how are you doing? Are you do, doing good? How is your health? Oh, we're perfect. We have been enjoying college like crazy, uh, studying a little bit party to party. Well, we didn't know it was that kind of environment there anyway. And the mother said, why you didn't respond? Uh, our calls, we bought you these wonderful phones, whatever. And they say, oh, we don't use the phone for for calling or receiving callings. And the mother asked, Why are you, how are you using the telephone? Oh, we are texting. So I went to the store when I came back to Chicago, where I lived with my family for 25 years. I went to a, a store, and when the attendant there, a young guy that could be my grandchild anyway, <clears throat> when we when he saw the piece of brick I have for telephone, <clears throat> he was examining the piece and asking me, what is this? And I was embarrassed to tell him, this is my telephone. It was a maybe two pounds heavy thing that had to be connected to the car in order to, to make any, any call. You don't know anything about that, but this is reality, it's no invention. So the young guy told me, no, you need something like this. And he just opened a little device, incredibly small, and he told me, because I explained him, I, I need to text. I don't know anything. You have to explain me. So the guy gave me a lesson on how to text. So we went home. And after trying to, to use my, my fingers, I don't use my thumb. Eh? My fingers, after 15 minutes, I prepared a text. We love you girls, we miss you girls. We hope that you are doing good, God bless you. And after 15 minutes, I press the green button, send, 10 seconds later, it was the answer. We love you too. That's it. Because the new generation, we have been told, especially some of you kids, are going to develop very big thumbs. <laughs> You are going to be an extraordinary human beings because that is the thing that you use as an exercise mostly, their thumbs. We are doing social media too. We are in very, very smart phones, the Apple thing, the Samsung thing, whatever you name it. We are there putting text and texting according our listeners are responding to our messages. I don't have a smartphone yet. Uh, my telephone is a very dumb phone because 
It's not intelligent, but this is the way I operate. But we are using the media, the, the, the new media, uh, websites and applications that young people refer to them as apps. The, their English use of the terms are very short. They don't use applications, okay? Adults, they use apps. And I have to tell you, young people, that are, there are about 15 to 20,000 new apps. How you are going to download your telephone? I don't know. And how you are going to be seeing those applications? I don't know either, because the, the more applications you have in your phone, the smaller the icons are. So they are going to be reducing and reducing up to the point in which you are going to need a magnifier to see the applications in your phones. We are using that too in order to proclaim the gospel because for us at the Back to God ministry, the more important thing is to proclaim the gospel to a new generation. By the way, the social media have been, uh, have been done in order that you use that to proclaim the gospel because some, some texts in the Bible are very short. Because God so loved the world that sent his son to save the world. It's perfect for Twitter. I am a user of Twitter. Do you want to follow, follow with me? My name is Serrano G. And I'm going to provide you a, a word of wisdom every week. Well, every other week. <laughs> don't expect me to be in the social media every day. I don't have time for that. I had to write sermons, you know. <laughs> this is my big, my big occupation. How many of you adults, because young people are over, over this thing, how many of you adults use Facebook? Yeah, you can, you can down your hand. This is not an evangelist campaign anyway. Uh, Facebook, young people are not using that uh, too much. It's used by adults to spy what the, their children are doing. This is how my wife is using Facebook anyway. But uh, we are doing through Facebook to Twitter to Instagram. I didn't know in Instagram you can put a text in, in bed in the, in, the, in the picture. I didn't know about that. But now we are using that in order to proclaim the gospel too. In Spanish, we still use radio. We are in 600 stations. We still use television. We are in 200 television station that air our program for free because the good uh, quality, the technical quality of our programs and also the content that is there that is serious and talking about serious matter to people that really want to think about their present life and the future life. And we are proclaiming the gospel using those media. I'm coming back from Cuba, I was spending 10 days in Cuba providing training to the Cuban pastors and lay pastors in Cuba. I was along with five other people uh, in my team to provide uh, some technicalities and uh, skills and uh, tips how they can preach more biblically, reform, refresh, and also contemporary to the people because uh, a lot of people train in traditional seminaries, they are very bored when they are preaching because they follow a kind of pattern, assuming that people are going to follow the way of thinking that used to be 50 years ago, which is not there anymore. 
because our attention span, uh, especially in the young people, is about two to three minutes and they are completely lost. And they want to regain, they have to be regained in their attention. We were talking, we were talking about that in Cuba and uh, we are very grateful for the opportunity to go to Cuba, a country that has been completely secluded and completely, com, com, uh, completely apart for the rest of the world. There is something good thing about Cuba, especially for you young people depending on smartphones, there is no internet in Cuba. So you can spend 10 days without internet. What a wonderful thing, eh? Relax it. Telephone communication are, are almost impossible in Cuba. Wonderful. Your telephone with all these absurd messages that you are receiving are not going to be bothering you anymore. What another thing there is not in Cuba? Well, television is one cultural channel that is broadcasting 24 hours about the importance of pure water, how birds fly, Oh, how, how uh, I don't know, foxes are spreading out the prairies, something like that. 24 hours, cultural things. The other is news, according to their own system. And the other is musical. No, 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 not the musical you're thinking. Classical music, opera. Oh, something that you would enjoy a lot. 24 hours. So, that is the life in Cuba. People don't suffer from stress. Why they should be suffering from stress? If they have no the things that are oppressing us too much. A good thing about Cuba is safe. You can walk during the night, midnight. Nobody going to bother you. Nobody going to assault you. When you go to Chicago, where I live, especially when I go to Patricia's to any cultural thing in that approaching to 10, 11 p.m., we are walking and looking over our shoulder just in case. There is not necessary. I don't know how they control the thing, but it's there. So when you pray for Cuba, pray for the opportunity to spread the gospel in that island because the opportunity is still there. I'm going to read the Bible now in March chapter 10. Verses 46 to 52. The Gospel of March, chapter 10. <clears throat> For, uh, verse 46 in the Pew Bible, page 1059. Then they came to Jer Jericho. Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. 
Go, say Jesus, your faith hath healed you. Immediately he received the sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is my friend, it's a miracle. And it happened because this blind man was cured by the only power of Jesus Christ acting there. Was necessary faith. Today, in our opening the service, we were told that faith is a very basic ingredient in life in order to act in society. Mrs. Mindy Johnson was telling us that in the creation, faith is a very important component because you have to be certain about certain items that are, are happening in our society, in our daily life. But my question is this, was uh, Bartimaeus a man of faith besides being a beggar at the road, at the side of the road, uh, having nothing? being in a way uh, a, a person that nobody wanted to be with because the name Bartimaeus also mean a man that is unclean because society was looking at this poor man as nobody, no value at all. So Bartimaeus heard about this uh, performer, miracle performer, Jesus Christ, that was coming to town. And he wanted to go there to ask for a wish, in a way. He wanted to be healed. So when Jesus approached to him, Jesus had the very concise, brief question. What you, do you want me to do to you? I always wonder what it would be our life if God would ask us this kind of question. What you would like me to do for you? I know what I will ask immediately. And I'm not going to tell you because you are going to have a very poor impression of me. So I'm not going to tell you. It will be my secret. But I can think about you where you were asking Jesus Christ if he will ask you the same kind of thing. So I'm not going to ask you to tell me because I don't want to have a bad impression about you. That is fair. But this man wanted our wishes to be performed or satisfied. What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, say Jesus Christ. Your faith had healed you. Does this man have really faith? Was faith necessary to perform the miracle? Well, this man was converted in a follower of Jesus Christ. I suppose he was announcing the good news of the gospel because he received something good at this moment. That is something that we are doing today in a society that had no faith in anything today because we have been trained and live in a very individualistic society. We think that we can do everything by ourselves. The idea of the self-made self person, self-made man or self-made woman is something that is present in our society. 
We try to push our children at school to the different levels, middle, high school, college, university, whatever, to do the best because they are going to do or to be better persons because they are not going to contribute to society because they are going to earn more money, they are going to have more prestige because they are going to be self-made people. This is the lemma and the motto of our society. We are trying to build a society of individualistic people in which we don't need each other anymore. And that is the reason why our churches are not filled completely. Now everyone in the community is here. Oh, you are, you are going to tell me you're wrong because the other, the people that are not here now, they attended the 8.30 service. Well, I asked this question in the first service and they told me, yeah, the other are coming at 11. That's where you. But it's not the point. The point is that the two services will be filled with people from the community that sense and feel the necessity of something they cannot really satisfy and they had to, to be fed by something. I don't believe that we are going to satisfy the need that people had through our programs or through our facility. It doesn't matter how beautiful the facilities are. I don't think we are going to satisfy the necessity of people because we are a better person. Because society provides good person outside of the church. This is the common grace. God acting through his grace to provide good people that are going to do good things for people. I was reading in the paper last week, uh, a philanthropist, a person that, whose father was arriving in the US from uh, Poland or one of those countries with his suitcase and working as a worker, common worker, but he made a fortune doing something legally, and the children were donating to the University of Illinois 100 million as some as as money for some kind of grants or whatever, because the, their father wanted the money we use in that way. Well, so, if you want good people, we are going to find good people elsewhere. So your church is not going to be attracting people because you are good people. Your church is going to attract people from the community because you are proclaiming a message that is necessary to satisfy the inner needs of people that is stressing with problems, facing and passing from crisis to crisis, from emergencies to emergencies in all the levels. Families, dysfunctional families, are not something new to us, in a way, are coming from the Bible. Dave, for example, was coming from a very dysfunctional family. If you read his life, about his life, you are going to find that besides being a, a poet that was writing wonderful psalms and that kind of thing, he had a lot of problems in his family. He himself had a criminal record. So problems and situations are present in the life of the church. So we cannot sell ourselves to the community and telling, hey, come to our church because we are perfect, because we are not. 
But we can tell to the people, come to our church because we can offer you Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the person that can transform your life, the person that can make your life different. This is what we do in radio, television, or social media. We don't present ourselves as somebody important. We try to present God acting through his mercy in order to reach people in need. This had to be the message of this church. By the way, when I came here and I was given the opportunity to be worshiping with you and preaching at, uh, at this congregation, I thought that Ivan Res was a community of uh, uh, Russian immigrated because of the name. So I was trying to polish my Russian as a minimum saying spasiba, which means thank you. But uh, Ivan Res Church had to offer something different to the community because people are not going to come here because the wonderful facility you have or the program. How, it doesn't matter how extensive your program is. By the way, looking at your program, I was very impressed. You had activities for every age, for every uh, taste, for everything, you had a program here. The only program that you are missing is for fishermen. You don't have anything for fishermen here. You know, you know that I like to fish. I'm going to confess you immediately. Don't invite me to a fishing, fishing expedition. I was invited one time. It was horrible. <laughs> I thought that going in a boat to fish would be something, would be something funny. So I took along a stack of books, my radio, and something to be entertained, and entertain the other people in the boat. In my naivete, I thought that would be my contribution. <clears throat> so they told me something very strange. They told me, uh, yeah, you had to be at the, at the port about, uh, we were talk they were talking about them. I was an outsider. Uh, the others say we had to be here about 1 a.m. 1 a.m.? This is time to be sleep sleeping. Oh, they told me, 1 a.m. is the best way to go. So I tried to sleep in the afternoon. I went at 1 a.m. to the port, to the place. The other three or four were there already. They, they had nothing in their bodies but just the, 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 the equipment to fish. I had my suitcase with books and everything there. We went in the boat. <clears throat> they gave me a place to sit and they told me you had to be silent. I was going to turn in the radio, you know. I had to be silent. You, 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 don't, you cannot move. So it was very strange. Why, I told them. Because fishes could be disturbed. Fishes could be disturbed? Fishes have no ears, I understand. <laughs> they cannot move in the boat. If you move from one point to the other, fishes are going to see your shadow. And they are going to be escaping. Natural, of course, in their life. So I had to be six or seven hours like a statue there without doing anything, almost not breathing because fishes could be disturbed. I make a solemn promise. I will never be in a fishing expedition anymore. 
because fishermen are the most boring people I've ever seen. <laughs> One day I was talking about this example in a church, and a group of fishermen were expecting me outside the church. <laughs> and they told me, don't show up your face here anymore. <laughs> yeah, you don't have fishermen group here, but you had other groups. But see, one day you incorporate this, and, or hunters or whatever, people are not going to come here because you had that group specifically here. They are going to come here only if your message is going to make a difference in the life of people. Offer Jesus Christ to people, not your personal wishes or interests, not your hobbies. Oh, you will have a chess club here. I will be a member here because I love to play chess. I could spend the whole day playing chess, unless Patricia, my wife, interrupt me, and that would be the end of the game. One day I spent one day playing chess with a friend, and uh, we almost didn't eat. It was such the passion of the game that we, we spent eight or 12 hours just playing chess. It's a wonderful thing. Maybe you should have a chess club here, but people are not going to come because you are champions of chess. People are going to come because you are offering them something different, the message of salvation that have power to change and to give people hopes and to give people expectations of something. People is putting their, their hope in many things because we are so individualistic that we believe that our individuality is going to change anything. It's not going to happen. The only thing that is going to really press and impress the life of people is the superpower uh, that is coming from God himself that can change people. Patricia, my wife, had cancer about two or three years ago. She had radical surgery and went year of chemotherapy. And the doctor, the first doctor said, oh, don't worry, I'm going to cure you. And Patricia, my wife, said, after we, we leave uh, the office, the doctor's office, he told me, I don't want, I don't like the doctor, because he's impersonating God. The only person that can cure any kind of illness is God, no, no a doctor. So we went to another, another doctor, more, more human in a way, and he said, or she said, because it was a woman, she said, we are going to try this, it's going to be this, it's going to be the treatment, this is going to be the expectation, and the rest is your own faith and your own expectation. And she went with that. The streaming is horrible and terrible. It's something that really, uh, in a way, uh, is so brutal that really uh, kills the good and the bad cells in a person, affect the spiritual thing, the emotional thing. But Patricia is a woman of faith. And she gathered the family and said, it's not the medical technology that's going to make the miracle. It's God behind the medical technology. So we believe in God, not in medical technology. So whatever it happened is going to be in God's willings, good will. And that's it. She said the thing for the family. And we went in this adventure about a couple of years ago. She had been surviving one year after the treatment. And usually after, after six months of the evaluation, the medical evaluation, she said, thank, be given to God. And we continue for another six months. 
This is the way how she has facing these terrible illnesses. And I believe that this is the way how we Christians have to depend on God and how God is going to operate in all our affairs. Because we are living in such individualistic society that we believe because of our money, our technology, we are going to be saved or something. Bartimeo has no faith, maybe, but God performed a miracle. God was making an impact in his life, and he was converted to be in a follower of Jesus Christ. That would be to be our target and our goal in this congregation, as it is in our global media ministry to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, because you don't know how this proclamation is going to affect the life Maybe one of one personally, but that would be worse of any efforts that we do. I want to finish with an example that happened in Cuba. And I was with a taxi driver going to the airport. And the name of the, the driver was Alejandro. And the name Alejandro, Alexander, or Alex, is mentioned in the Bible as a person that creates a lot of problems for Paul, the apostle. In one of the, of, the, of, the, of the letters, Paul said, yeah, this Alexander has created a lot of troubles. And I told the driver, you know, Alejandro, your name is mentioned in the Bible? The man said, the Bible? What is the Bible? Oh, I said, the Bible, we Christians believe in the revelation of God. God has given us the Bible, and Paul was one of his disciples. And Paul said that Alejandro had created him a lot of problems. Alejandro was a troublemaker. So I hope, Alejandro, you are not a troublemaker for us. We were three in the taxi. So please drive more carefully. And Alejandro was paying attention. By the way, the car was a Russian Lada car, very old, 50 years old, still running and jumping because the, the, the mufflers or the result, I don't know, the, the, the springs maybe were gone maybe 20 years ago. So the, the car was jumping like crazy and we were jumping inside. But Alejandro was paying a lot of attention about what I was connecting through his life with the Bible. The whole road, we were talking about the Bible. At the end, when we reached the airport, very safe, thank, thank be given to God, I gave Alejandro uh, a Gospel of John. And I told Alejandro, read the Bible, read, because it could, it could make a difference in your life. And Alejandro gave me his business card and told me, when you come next time, please call me. I would like to be, continue talking about God and his plans for my life. It's a proclamation of the gospel, very simple. You can do the same. If you carry a New Testament, a portion of the Bible, and you give to the people this in need, this will be your major task in life, proclaiming the gospel. That can make us a difference in the life of people. I don't know how many resources you had in the church, but use them in order to proclaim the gospel. I'm going to give you my final application today. I used to be a pastor in a church uh, when I started the ministry. 
uh, gave to the church six, five or six different applications that, of course, nobody remembered anyway. Well, actually, nobody remembered the sermon that I preached last week. So how in the world they were going to remember six applications? So I was reducing my, my um, intentions, and I reduced the applications to four, three, two, one. That's it. One as a minimum. The application for, for you today is especially for young people that use the apps and devices, send a text to your friends today. And go to the Bible. Go, for example, to Psalm 1, or go to Proverbs 1, or go to Gospel of John 1. First, in the beginning was God, and God was with God. And there's enough. People are going to think about what you sent. Proclamation of the gospel. For the adults, make the telephone call to the friend, to the relative that is suffering, and tell them that you are thinking on them. Maybe offer them a prayer. Visit some of them and share something that you have in your heart with them. Do something Extending the proclamation of the gospel, God is going to act the rest. Don't play your God. God is going to play his own role in how he uses this thing that you are sharing with them in the time of necessity. My brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord use you and use your gift and the time that you have in order to share with others the good news of the gospel. Thank you, our God, for the time, and thank you for opening your world. Use us so we can share the gospel with people that are in need at this time. We confess our sin that we have committed, but also we trust in your grace and your forgiveness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.